everyone, and welcome to the As I Amber podcast. I'm Amber, and I'd love to talk about music, travel, society, and pop culture. On this special episode with June being Black Music Month and this year being the 50th anniversary of hip hop, we are going to delve into the Tupac documentary, Dear Mama. And I have a special guest to the show, as you all know, Solomon Hillfleet. Say hey. What's going on? How y'all doing out there? What's up, Amber? Hey, y'all doing good. So y'all. Before we get into the Tupac documentary, did you know that we just met in real life like a week before last? Out of all these times of him being on my podcast, we finally met in person, y'all. <laughs> I'm glad we got it done. It was a it was a good moment. Yeah. So I saw this trailer and documentary, you know, commercial a couple of months back, and I was like, this is gonna be interesting. Is it gonna tell us anything that we don't already know or anything that we can't just Google ourselves? And I was blown away by this documentary directed by Alan Hughes. He's directed movies like Dead Presidents, Minister Society. So he has background in black culture and, you know, the movies in just putting something together, creating art on film. What were your thoughts about the Dear Mama docu-series that is on Hulu and FX? Wow, that's a lot. Uh, that's <laughs> a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I'm a, you know, if anybody knows me, Tupac's my favorite rapper of all time. So whenever there's anything out about him, I try to watch it or I read it. Uh, when I found out that Alan Hughes and the Hughes brothers were going to be involved, it definitely got my attention because you know, I knew about their relationship and their history with him when they helped him with uh, with Juice and just the time since then, you know, the complicated relationship. But what I liked about it was they didn't attempt to tell us anything per se that we didn't know, but they focused a lot more on showing how his mom made him the person he was. And they pulled people in that I hadn't seen in the documentaries before. And I, I really feel like they exhausted all the trees, almost all the trees. So mm -hmm. they, they got almost everybody who knew him to speak on him, which was was good for me. And I, I think they did a good job of giving a complete picture of him. That's interesting that you said that because I thought it was a good mixture of his aunt. They had his aunt, but then they left out some people that I would love to know their opinions. And I don't know if they declined or they just chose, you know, not to because we don't know what happened behind the scenes. But I would have loved to hear from Kadida Jones. That is Quincy Jones's daughter who dated Tupac. She also dated LL Cool J and her best friend was Aliyah. Like she has stories for days, I bet. But I don't think she has really like spoken on interviews that much about her relationship with Tupac. So you have to respect that. And then of course, we had to have Miss Entanglement, Jada. Like, I was wondering if she was going to pop up because Jasmine Guy popped up in the documentary. And that was a surprise. That was a wild card. Like, I wasn't expecting to see her in a Tupac documentary. Like, Whitley Gilbert from A Different World is, you know, <laughs> you know, one of Tupac's closest friends. And that was just really interesting considering she was creating a documentary about Afeni years ago, you know, talking about her story. So I just thought that, those three people not being in it, his sister, his ex, and one of his friends, you know, I just was like, I would love to have known what they would say since they, since Jada does a lot of talking about him and then Kadida doesn't really mention him that much. And she's kind of low key anyway, but those are my thoughts about it. What did you think about his aunt? 
so I got to come back to what she just said before uh -huh. I get to it. like um, the Kadada thing not being mentioned is interesting because of Tupac's relationship with Quincy Jones. And when you look at their complicated relationship, it's like, huh, that would have been great for y'all to explore because he said some not choice words about Quincy, of course, which what's new. So that would have been something to explore. Um, his sister not being mentioned in was the biggest one to me. And I, I've heard different theories on it. Um, mm -hmm. And the the one that I'm, I agree with is probably there are state issues and because of the estate issues, they probably didn't reach out to her. Mm -hmm. That's the theory that I'm more than likely going to go with. So I think his sister not being in it, but his aunt being in it is kind of telling to me. That's kind of like, hmm. So you would go to the aunt, but not get the sister? And I'm not saying that her, what she said was any less valid, because she mm -hmm. knew him. That's, you know, she knew him as her nephew, but I just think hearing from his sister because i've yet to really hear her give an authoritative interview or something um I, I just thought that was really interesting but i did like the fact that they utilized afini's voice in the voiceovers so it wasn't like we're the best part about this documentary was like we're hearing her words even though she is not on the planet with us and we never really saw her talk on video it was more so you know voiceovers in different pictures and if I felt like this was a history lesson it was like her involvement with the Panthers and how brilliant and her mind and how intelligent she was yet at the same time stricken with poverty like this is the duality of a lot of you know people and you think about that crack era in the 80s you know the 70s the 60s and how all that jumbled up really impacted communities and especially rapper Tupac. And I think that's the part that, uh, that's why I'm such a, a fan of Tupac because I think that doesn't get enough attention. The role that poverty played in his music, you know, whether or not we believe that he was actually gangster or not or, or acting, we can't dismiss the fact that he was a very artistic and genius person who was stricken by poverty, he and his mother. And had they not had poverty just weighing down on them, who knows how much greater they could have been. And that's the story of a lot of genius Black talent. Just they're in poverty. They make decisions based off of that sometimes. And we don't even see the type of obstacles that they had to come, you know, overcome. And it was nice hearing from his former teachers and seeing footage of him at a younger age, because a lot of times people stereotype a rapper as, oh, they're dumb or they rap about this. He was brilliant and he never took an acting, you know, like when he was younger, he just took a liking to acting. And I think that's why sometimes the best rappers turn out to be great actors. Yeah. Because it's like they go into another world when they rap. And we see that with, you know, Will Smith, Ice Cube, Method Man. We see so many actors of that, I mean, who are rappers turn into actors. Queen Latifah, so many others. Eve, it's just interesting to see the trajectory of like somebody can go from making music to transitioning into movies. And he was like one of the first rappers to do that. To do that. And, and I think that that's great that they explored that. But I... You know, I also like the fact that they kind of talked about his dad, his biological dad, Billy Garland. And they talked about, you know, they actually explored 
and I don't, and I, he's been doing articles, he's been doing interviews in it lately, feeling as if he didn't get enough attention, but they at least talked to him about his relationship with Tupac. And I think that's important because we know who we thought was his dad and that person is mentioned, but there's not really anything explored. But to know his actual dad is still alive and that we can get commentary for him, that's also very pivotal too because the lack of the father figure is also the issue too. So he did a good job of, uh, Hughes did a good job of rounding the bases and um, I think he did a really good job of exploring all the aspects of everything. So it was very well done in my opinion. Yeah, one of the things that I find interesting, like when people talk about Tupac, even Biggie and Aliyah, they died so young, 25 and under, like, and they accomplished so much in such a short time frame. I mean, you got to think about it. Tupac came on the scene with Digital Underground and then, you know, Solo Project, and then you're locked up in jail and your album is number one. Like the mind games, that plays on somebody and you see the multiple emotions that a human being would have you're locked up you were just in poverty you got a mansion you got this that and the third but you can't really celebrate it like the rape trial the you know they didn't sugarcoat anything and I think no. that's what I appreciated with so many documentaries about you know people who are not here to talk about it or defend themselves I feel like they gloss over it and be like this happened, this happened, and they're a hero, but they went there. You know, I think, um, you know, especially with his story, I think they definitely do that. And, you know, I think people don't consider, you know, he wasn't a, like Tupac, Aaliyah, Biggie, they all were 25 and under, but it's just like Tupac drops the album in 92, album in 94, 95, he goes to prison. 96 he gets out he doesn't even live to so there, there's like no chance for a full arc in, in growth but I do feel like with his story people never hesitate to tell all the aspects I do think with other artists they tend to gloss over their negative aspects but mm -hmm. the way uh the extremes in Tupac's behaviors I think you you can't you can't gloss over it because it's too extreme for you to not admit that like he could be this way but mm -hmm. then show a completely contradictory side so i think gemini yeah that gemini <laughs> you believe in horoscopes and all that kind of stuff there might be some truth to that the multiple sides of a person everybody has different sides of them but he had some extreme you know different sides but what i appreciated is like we hear ambitions as a rider <laughs> then we hear hit him up and then we hear, dear mama, and you're like, you are, you are one complex individual, but it shows he, like you said, he's a human. And one of the, the scenes or the footage that I love the most was the live performance of dear mama at the death row Mother's Day event, mm -hmm. because I never saw that before. And maybe I was, you know, when Tupac passed away, I was a small child. I was like kindergarten, first grade. So I don't really remember him like in his prime because I was so small but now as an adult like we can appreciate and look back that's the beauty of Apple Music and Spotify and Tidal we can go back and listen to albums and re-listen to things that came out when we were too young to actually comprehend what was going on I agree and I mean you know I was a I saw things in there and I consider myself a fan I saw things in there that I had never seen and um you know I was a kid 
I read the the vibe, uh, all the Chronicle vibe interviews that they put together in a book. I read all of those like from cover to cover as a kid. Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like I knew a lot of his stuff, but there were still parts of it that they explored that I didn't know. And, um, you know, I just I think the thing people forget when they look at his stories, they just see the, the contrasting emotions, but they don't ever ask themselves if you were in his shoes, if you were going from. I'm raised by a family of revolutionaries. I make revolutionary music. Then I get attacked by the police. Then I get attacked by my own people. Then I get a rape case and go to prison. And it's like, think about all these things that could cause someone to go from a dear mama to ambitious as a rider and hit him up and all these other like very, very violent and very angry records. Yeah. And, you know, people talk about the what is the best diss track? And I'm like, if you don't have Hit Him Up up there, I mean, Tupac was going in. He didn't care about nothing. I was like, oh, you just gonna start off the track like that? Like, you do not care. You were pissed. So yeah. it's up there with like the top 10, you know, with, you know, Nas at Ether and different, you know, rap battles, Roxanne Shantae. I think that's yeah. like interesting, like different generations remember different diss records whether it's Meek Mill yeah. and Drake and all that kind of stuff, people remember certain eras. And I had a question for you. What is something that like you didn't know or something that you learned after watching this documentary? Um, I think the biggest thing I didn't, I think the biggest thing for me was them showing uh, them in the hospital. Cause I had read about him being in the hospital, but mm -hmm. being able to hear from the aunt and his mom on his, about him when he was in the hospital bed. That was something I knew about. Mm -hmm. um, I had read about Jasmine Guy, him staying in Jasmine Guy's apartment, but hearing from her, I had never heard it because, like I said, I had read it in the vibe, so I never really knew about it. But hearing it was like, oh, shoot. Uh, hearing his manager, uh, his former manager, Watani, talk about how he was uh he was protected at first by like a, an assortment of gang members from different gangs to make sure he was cool with everybody in LA. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And then when he, you know, got with Should, they broke apart from serving his security. That makes sense, but I just didn't know that. So it was like little aspects like that. Mm -hmm. Um that, you know, or even Afeni was living with like one of his uh childhood friends when she was in her latter days. That that was things like I didn't know you know mm -hmm. but and um, one, of, one of the things about Tupac is he used a lot of samples in his music um he did. one of the samples is when I was thinking about it it's you know changes people don't realize it's like a country song by a guy named Billy something I you can google it can't play it right now for copyright yeah. purposes but um just the fact that he listened to different genres of music and I think they had a like a footage of him he was in the back of the tour bus listening to Mariah Carey Vision of Love <laughs> and, and then the contrast yeah, the polar you know the polarities between his musical genres and he studied like different genres of music and even the footage of him being on like the early 90s talk shows talking about <laughs> no that's not what I mean this is what I said blah 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 and I saw elements of other rappers like I couldn't help but think about Kanye he's also a Gemini like very outspoken and they had like mothers who are very educated and you know like super 
in their lives. So I just found that was really interesting. Like, I'm not saying they're the same thing, but I saw those outspoken personalities, don't care, I said what I said, say it with your chest. And sometimes I feel like in this generation with everything being a little bit stepping on eggshells, it was, it's like, sometimes it can be refreshing or it can be startling to hear someone just say the truth or their truth or what they think because we're so like censored a little bit more nowadays. Yeah. And people could get canceled. Cause I'm like, if Tupac did those things now, would he have a career? And see, you know, those are, those are the things that I uh, admire about Tupac. If there's one thing I would say is just brashness because I do think there was a place for it. Mm -hmm. I do think that towards the end of his life, I do think he crossed certain lines that, mm -hmm that I think he regretted or realized later that they weren't meant, to, he shouldn't have crossed, but his brashness, his outspokenness, Kanye's outspokenness, those were things I liked. Them coming from families or mothers that were educated, the fathers being involved with the Panthers, like people forget Kanye's dad, you know, was part of Black Panther Party, even though he did photography. And it's not about comparing them per se, but it's just saying like, it's refreshing to see, uh, to see people that were committed to like the culture and the conscious part of it and who would speak out on issues, but they could also be very polarizing. Like they would say things on the other end of the spectrum or do things that would just make it very hard to like them. So I, that's what I liked about uh, Tupac. I didn't, I didn't look at it as contradictory. I looked at it as human. Like mm -hmm. we all have what we present to people and we have our authentic selves and sometimes they clash mm -hmm. and, um, I think he was just one of the realest artists that we've ever had. That's what's endeared him over this time. He just was himself, you know? And a lot of what he said, you know, is like prophetic or what's really changed, you know? And another thing that I could appreciate was Snoop Dogg's parts of the interview. <sighs> it kind of <sighs> broke my heart a little bit because how Tupac said they weren't in a good place when... um he passed away and you never know when someone's final you know hour will be here um, so it makes you think about like my last conversation with so-and-so was it pleasant was it on good terms even though I didn't agree with them you know it makes you think about those things and how he he mentioned something like Tupac told him something about that's your wife treat her right or something he ended up marrying mm -hmm. Shante like the things that he kind of predicted and, um, you know, his songs, you know, he he just kind of knew that he wasn't going to be on this earth long. And I feel like some people, um, even when women who are pregnant, like whatever the mom is going through is uh, sometimes what the child experiences and yeah. everything that Afeni was going through, it was like you know, dear mama, like it, Tupac was literally going through what his mom was going through, you know, it's, it's weird in his name, like people don't realize like your name has meaning. So mm -hmm. if, like, if you call your child like a revolutionary name, they have a revolutionary life. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, <laughs> I think that's the thing that I liked about the documentary. They spent so much time painting the picture of who his mother is. Like you can't really expect him to be any other way. His mother's a Fini Shakur. Matulo's in his family. Geronimo Pratt is in his family. Asada Shakur is in his family. Like 
he literally had been conditioned from an early age to view service to black people as his life mission only for him to get involved in the service of black people and realize oh shoot like this what my mom was saying like it's a very lonely painful road and um i think that's the thing people miss like we focus so much on the one year of his thug persona and not focus on in his five-year career mm -hmm. the majority of his music was about revolution it was about social conditions changing and then towards the end of his career it was about all right i'm i'm hurt i'm upset now i'm in a mentality of being confrontational but that wasn't the bulk of his music yeah and one thing i could say like tupac you know, even given the gangster rap image, like they say in, you know, certain songs, he was a conscious rapper. He was like, yeah, he you was. know, people want to talk about Cole, J. Cole and, you know, Kendrick. And you can't talk about those two if you don't talk about Tupac. Correct. From songs like Brenda's Got a Baby to, you know, No Makeup by Kendrick, you know, about it's just certain elements that those artists not not trying to bite their style but you are influenced heavily Definitely. west coast i mean even mortal man by kendrick lamar the end part in that tupac interview still gives me chills whoever edited that and put it together genius i don't care what nobody say like oh it is his it is. influence on this generation is prevalent even people in other countries and you see you saw the murals and people still talk about his poetry in high school and college courses so i feel like his impact was international not saying that other artists weren't international but like he just had something that was different he did. And, you know, I've heard like different people call him like the hip hop Elvis. Like, you know, I have the Rose that grew from concrete book. When I teach, I definitely put that book in with my poetry unit. And, you know, when you just when you look at the impact of, of Tupac and his music, it's not really a surprise to me that future generations will like him um, and, and just gravitate to his music because passion always pours out. You know, honesty pours out. And we could talk a lot about like technical ability and skill and all that's cool. But when we're talking about people that documented human conditions and made you feel it, like I don't, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't listen to rappers a lot of time and I'm not touched enough to like shed a tear, but I can listen to a lot of Tupac and Star just immediately shedding tears or feel what he's saying mm -hmm. through it. Even now, even after hearing the same songs, because the, the spirit is in there and, you know, we're, we're uh, Kendrick on Mortal Man, you know, that, that remains like To Pimp Butterfly is going to always be one of my favorite albums mm -hmm. because when you first heard it, you really thought for a minute, like, is he really talking it? <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. So, yeah. It was. So it just speaks to it. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, do you have like a, a top two or favorite? What's your favorite Tupac song or songs? Oh, man. Album. Um, <laughs> That's tough, but uh, I'm going to have to say uh, Staring at the World Through My Rear View is like one of my uh, my favorite ones. Uh, I'm going to try to focus more on the more positive songs. I would say like, <laughs> I'd say Staring at the World Through My Rear View. I would say like, uh, you know, when my homies call, I would say, uh, you know, shed so many tears. But I'll be honest, like, some of my favorite ones are definitely on that All Eyes on Me album. It's like mm -hmm. Ambitions as a Rider, Only God Can Judge Me. 
uh um trading war stories like some of those more aggressive ones i play those a lot because those put me in a certain mind state but uh some of the other like i can't listen to the last album uh machiavelli i don't really listen to that as much because mm -hmm. it's so dark like yeah it's yeah. so dark you have to be like, in the middle space to listen to some stuff Yes, it's like when I used to like I don't listen to the Marshall Mathers LP like that because it's a very dark album. But it's oh, time to listen to it. But sometimes like now nah, it's a little too dark for for me mowing the lawn. Um, yeah, but those those would be some of my favorites. Uh, I I really think Against All Odds is actually a better disc record than Hit 'Em Up. But mm -hmm. that's when when he made that record, I was like, oh, they might get you know mm -hmm. he he crossed certain lines on that last album and in my mind I was like if he would have been alive it wouldn't have been long because he went too far at a certain point but yeah yeah I have I, I like I ain't mad at you um it's a classic. It, it was just like he it was like a diary their journal entry but it was real and um I also like you know his more pop top 10 hits type songs yeah. I I like changes. It's a I like the piano medley that he sampled from the country artist. I also like the song, um, like I get around digital underground. I mean, one. that's like this up tempo party record because he had some the conscious songs, the gangster songs, this that, and another one is it's kind of underrated. Are you still down? Him and John B. That was like one of the last songs he recorded. And it's kind of like the catalyst to modern R&B hip hop mixes put together. Because back then, like we we got like Justin Timberlake and T.I. had a song or something like that. But then in 96, John B. was, he's underrated in, you know, Tupac together on a record. And I remember I was listening to, I think it was Unsung on TV One. And John B. was mentioning the fact that that was the last song that, like Tupac had recorded and he didn't want to he felt like I don't want to release this song because I don't want people to think I'm like clout chasing you know trying to put a song out because he died but Afini Shakur was like no he played this song for me and I want you to release it and it was like he, you know she he played the song for his mom so she was cool with it and even um Eminem was saying that when he was editing or producing like the posthumous album or something Afeni was like, sure. You know, I like the fact that their estate or his estate is still keeping the music alive because some artists, they don't want to release any music. They don't want to go on camera and talk about their child. And it makes you wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. So I appreciated that. Did you have any final thoughts about the docuseries? I just enjoyed it. Um, and when you when you said that, it made me think of Thug's Mansion too. Thug's Mansion. Mm -hmm. The acoustic version with Nas, that's a really good song too. Uh, but all that to say, I enjoyed the documentary. I'm biased though, because I'm a Tupac fan, but uh -huh. I think they did a good job of showing a complete picture. It's the most complete documentary on him. And uh, for better or for worse, like it or love it, it does give you a more accurate picture of, the, picture of who he was. Um, and I, you know, that's the type of documentary that I would that I would show to future generations. Like if I have children one day, one day they'll be able to see that. And I, you know, I think they did a good job of immortalizing him. So, and then he just got his, his star, uh, the Hollywood star walk of fame thing too. So I think it's just all, 
it's all perfect timing, but then also, shoot, now uh, I think they're doing a biggie uh, documentary, like doing a docu-series, like Iconic Records, where they're getting all the people who know him to do interviews as well. So it's it's that time, I guess. Yeah. And I ditto, check, check, check everything that you just <laughs> said. Do you have anything to add or anything people should follow you on? Oh, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Please follow me on all social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Solomon Hill Fleet. Um, other than that, I, I'm just taking it easy, uh, enjoying June, Black History Month or Black Music History Month. And that's really it. Just getting ready for August. That's going to be hip hop's uh, 50th anniversary. So it'll be a good one. Yeah. And speaking of hip hop, I got a T-shirt. It says Antoine and Andre. I've worn it before, but I got it at One Music Fest about five years ago. Well, a little bit before that. I don't know. 2016? Yeah. 2016, they were selling this. Buckhead Thread was selling these shirts. And I love Outkast. So I'm a Georgia girl. So hip hop is going to be 50. And it just shows the evolution of a newly created genre. Because when our parents were younger, they had like Sugar Hill Gang, you know, (laughs) Kumo D, you know, like all that kind of stuff, kid and play, but it's evolved. So I'm excited to see what the BET Hip Hop Awards will do or if they will do something or the BET Awards will even mention it because I haven't really seen any publicity for it. And before I leave, y'all got to listen to my playlist at asiamber.com. And also shout out to Big Oomp Records, you know, Big Corey, you know, congratulations for your honor, your your day in the Fulton County. So I can't go without mentioning that. Um, y'all check out Big Oomp Records, Oomp Camp TV on YouTube. Yeah. And Please don't do. forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at As I Amber. Thank you all so much for listening. Like, share, subscribe, and have a great day. Thank you.